<laughs> Limited potential. <laughs> My favorite thing about England was people getting be drunk all the time. Oh yeah, I love that. Is that the thing they do over <laughs> for your back breakfast? Home? I, I was, ha- was having beers in the morning and nobody was saying a word. So, is there a time where? Is there like a beginning Socially? time, like 11 o'clock, where you're supposed to be drinking like here? No. Nope. You can start at like 8 Tomorrow is Rangers Celtic. I know people that are going out because it's an early kickoff, meeting in the pub at quarter past four in the morning. Okay. So they, they just like keep going. Because so, they can start. So from quarter past four, there's pubs they can go into and then they just keep going. So when you came here, I guess it's a complete different. Well, I came here and we went to Madha. Yeah. And, but it was only open for two more weeks. Matt Hatter's closed? Yeah, it closed. Our like local, the closest thing we had to like a local English pl- uh, pub, uh, pub is uh, no longer a thing. It was very sad. It was a sad day. We just going to have a breakfast. It was a shit excuse for a pub though. Like, yeah. But it was nice to have a beer at 9 yeah, in the morning. They had how many seats? There wasn't too many seats. It was more just the idea that like you could support any football club in the Premier League and sit there and feel yeah. comfortable. So that's one of the differences you'd have over, I guess, comparing Canada to England. Yeah. What other differences have you noticed coming here? Politeness and how people are in society. So are people politer here? Because I guess that's the reputation Canada has. Well, thank you, world. So I thought until I came here and now I've been here three years and it's not as nice as it could be. So you're saying this image that we have portrayed among the world where people think we're all the best people in the world is actually just a, a facade? This is just... Absolutely. Nodding my head. Shots <laughs> fired. Matt, can you believe this fucking guy over here? Our country takes him in. Yeah, what is this? Like he's already a? in now, so you're part of us. So you better fucking learn to be nice to people, okay? Okay. <laughs> Everybody, you're listening to the unwritten rule, and if you haven't guessed from the top, we are talking about politeness in society. We are indeed. Today, I'm joined by Matt, Frank, and a newcomer, James. How's yeah. it going, James? Hello, everyone. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You hear a little bit of class in that voice yeah, right that's there. Kind of. Uh, what, what, what? Where is that from? It's from the old Nottingham in England, Robin Hood. Ooh. So I guess a, a nice, classy place. I mean, I've, I, I, I've been there. I've The people are, they're adorable. So I guess talking about the perception, we think that it's very classy, you know, a posh place maybe. Oh, it's definitely not posh. <laughs> it's not posh? I don't know anything about it. Oh, it is posh. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> and as we found out in the beginning story, that Canadians aren't as polite as we think. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I think we're... I think we're, we can be rough and tumble. Like, I think there's something about Canadians where we can swear, we can we can act like pirates that are landlocked. But I also think that you know we do we do the right things. We we hold doors for people. We say please and thank you. But do we? 
He seems to think we don't, but... So we're talking off-air, and uh, James has made us rethink our politeness, like, through and through. I mean, I, I, I recall a time being in England where I was told that if I wore the wrong thing on the street, I could get the shit kicked out of me, or how do you say it? Battered? That's it, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you think, if you can compare England to Canada, you were saying England, they're politer than we are. It's not that I think they're more politer. I think there is a lot more time for people. Okay. So, for like holding doors, smiling, asking for the time, uh-huh. directions. And people will stop and, and do people all People will help. People will stop. Matt. Now, how much of that is a cultural thing? Not as a people. Yep. Right? I mean, North America has this identity that we're very much a go, go, go society, whereas Europe tends to be more laid back. Yeah. How much of that do you think reflects on Massive. the culture? Massive. Yeah. So I've had family members and friends that have come from England to visit me while I've been here. And the first thing they see and the first thing they notice is that it's just culture, it's different people integrating with different society in society. So Everyone's in a rush here. Yeah. It's terrible. But that's because I guess everyone brings their own uh, their own culture here, so I guess the politeness isn't equal across the board. Well that's what I mean. Like what's what's popular or as a cultural sort of greeting or just like the niceties of everyday living, mm-hmm. they may not be the same in the country that you came from or that I came from or that the person that lives down the street came from or the person in your office. I think that's kind of the thing. We're a cultural mosaic. There's going to be some offset. Whereas when you're in England, it's very much kind of like, I, would, it's, I wouldn't say like America, but sort of everybody who's there takes on English culture. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, I don't yeah. think that is there's a sort of a like a defining prevalent culture that everybody adapts to. I think there's as much as everyone's different. I think when it comes to your family, it's there's some standard things that need to be in place for politeness. Like when you're a, a mother, father, and you know your child is misbehaving, do you have to be? What do you do for your child? Do you have to co- uh, cater to their needs? Do you have to be strict and firm? Like how do you be polite in that situation? Do you need to be polite? I think you just beat them. <laughs> if that's let's just say illegal, okay. let's just I let's mean, just say I it's mean, illegal. Assuming that like your child will rat, yeah, I mean it's illegal. Yeah, it's definitely illegal. It depends though on the situation. I mean, if he steps out of line and you need to be disciplined, he does. You have to. You can't be. Oh, it's okay, buddy. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You have to reinforce right and wrong. So if you are too nice to them, do you think you're doing the child a disservice or you're actually helping them? I think it's more, it could be both. Um, when I was disciplined as a, as a young youth, okay. in, the, in the back in the day, I was taken away such as privileges. So like time on the computer. Oh, yeah? They didn't even have, like, a phone you can just go no, on and hide from your parents? No, Cut no. into your masturbation I re- quota. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember when once I said something that I shouldn't have said to my sister, and I got Sonic the Hedgehog, the Sega Mega Drive game, taken off me. And I had the Mega Drive, I had the controller, but I didn't have the game. The next time they took the, the controller away from me, I had the game and the yeah. system. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's clever. That's clever parenting. <laughs> you, you could go the route of, you know, you just you cold shoulder your kid in public. 
Yeah. Right? Like where you just you ignore them, you let them cry it out, mm-hmm. and then you beat them when you get home. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't beat them to the extent that it sounds no, I'm like. I'm not saying leave marks. I'm just saying like good He's slap book. Slap, yeah, phone book, slap Phone on. book would leave a mark, man. It's heavy. Not hitting no, you hit you the phone book. Them with the, you just put it up against them, and you hit them with something else into the phone book. I was just saying, but use a bag of tangerines. You know what? I'm going to say the unwritten rule of disciplining your child, like the polite way, because you have to discipline them. It makes them a better person in the future. So it is polite in the sense from a parent. Maybe not as a child, you don't feel it, but something like what James' parents did. Take away something they like. Just take it away for a short period of time or however long you deem necessary. You yeah. know it's actually an interesting point, too, with disciplining children? We were just at a wedding. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make this really quick. Yeah. Service is happening. It's okay. somebody's big day up there. you got a couple that's sitting in one of the pews. Their kids are going absolutely bonkers. You know it's a polite thing to do? Maybe accept that you can't watch the rest of the ceremony yes. with your children there. Get up and walk them to a place behind a closed door. I have a friend who has now three children, but at the time uh, he had two. He, I'd see him at mass, I'd see him at church, and he would, if one of his kids would act up, he'd get up, and he'd walk outside, and it is what it is. He knew the kid was going to cry, didn't want to disturb everyone else there, and he got up. It's it's common courtesy. That's being polite to your your fellow, in that case, worshippers. What happens in England? There's a few things that could happen, depending who it was and where it is. There's a lot of... Pint of beer smashed over their head. <laughs> you know, as bad <laughs> as that. Um, I would say it's more of a psychological thing with children as well with their parents. So it's more of a mind game on, mm. and more of a... Not physical, but more of a, a mental threat of in saying, okay, you're not going to get this if you, don't, if you keep doing what you're doing. But they, they follow they follow up with this, I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Because I have a sister who has children that will misbehave, and she'll say it, and then she's like, what's yeah. the point? They're still going to over like yeah. act poorly in public again. So yeah. am I the only one that got hit as a kid? No, no, we all got hit, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was the only one for a second. We're talking, we're talking physical and emotional scarring. Yeah, I, got, I used to get the smack up the head all the time for being a smartass. Yeah, I mean, I think that's okay. I think you deserve it. And oh, it's, it's a learning curve, right? Yeah. It toughens you up and uh, you learn a bit. I'm not advocating anybody hit their kid. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I turned out relatively I can honestly normal. say I never, I can, I can never, or well, can't remember, I've never been hit by any of my parents. Oh, really? But I can remember them taking things off me and stopping me going to play football or soccer or... Can I say something right now? So far, in an argument that I thought I was going to win hands down about Canada being more polite than England, right now England's winning. Yeah. The only English person at the table didn't get beat by their parents. To be fair, though, both of our parents are European but, immigrants. But, I mean, they're... I, yeah, they've they been through some tough times, so they took it out on their children if they but, needed but, to. I mean, but they had the eyes of other Canadians on them. Yeah. So speaking of, as James got in trouble for, I guess, doing something to his sister, are you supposed to be polite to your, your sister or your brother? As a, as a family member, you know, as a child, you're competing with them. Is it, are you supposed to just be nice and friendly to your, your sibling or are you supposed to be competitive, you know, makes you stronger in the future? I think there should be a fine line. Okay. I think there should be some form of respect. I know with my sister, we used to fight like cat and dog and yeah. argue and go at each other and I'd know what buttons press with her and she'd know what buttons press with me. So, but what I would at the end of it it would be more of a 
we'd have to find my parents would bring us together and basically mm-hmm. say this is the common ground and this is where we're at there is no right or wrong yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, I think, where you know your siblings so well that you know the buttons to yeah, press. absolutely. But it makes you closer. The fact that I find the people I fought with the most are the closest to me. It's it's weird. It, your relationship with your sibling totally changes over time. When I look back on my childhood and my relationship with my sister or my older brother, we used to fight all the time and argue. We were young. We didn't know better. You think you're joking. They take it the wrong way. You're... You don't know emotion yet and how to really communicate. Now, as we're older, we just rip on each other and it's a-okay. Like, yeah. It's fun. It's a total different vibe and relationship. I totally agree. And do you know what the worst thing is? That So obviously, I, I've, I've been in Canada now for three years. I went back to the UK last summer. And trying to pick that relationship back up with my sister, mm-hmm. we, were, we were picked it up like we've been together for the last year. Yeah. But my parents obviously didn't get it. Uh-huh. So you, you had that inside, yeah. you know, mess around with yeah. each other. But So we were being very sure and what we were saying to each other and, and some things mean, but it was joking. But my parents were like, don't talk to your sister like that. You've not seen her for a year. Or <laughs> That's a great thing, right? Like you're, you're closest with them and that's why you can get away with being meaner. You don't have to be polite because politeness in, in a sense of being polite, it, it's a bit of fakeness. Yeah. That's what I find a lot of people when you're, you, you know, someone you don't know, you're very nice to, yet your best friend you can have an argument with, but who are you more real with? Who are you more yourself with, right? One of, I think one of the most interesting dynamics from when, when we were younger was, did you have that, like, period of time where, like, you didn't swear in front of your sister or your brother? Not, God, no. not the sibling as much. Like, uh, I'm saying, like... I have an older sister, so I didn't have to refrain anything. Yeah. I said because she's already probably been swearing more than i have right see i remember there was like a threshold crossing when when we finally passed that place where like they they always knew i said Mm f-bombs and s-bombs but like once i finally said one in front of them there was that like minor threat of i'm gonna tell mom and dad yeah yeah but then it became why don't you just say fuck you back yeah yeah and then from then on it was you know swearing was on the table yeah, no, I, I agree. You just have to it's it's politeness doesn't belong, I think, around your family. Unless it's it's in public where you have to show like you're all lovey dovey, you know, you're a great family, this and that. Or the dinner table. The dinner table yeah. The dinner table it's it's a place where you have to be respectful. It's the Switzerland of of politeness. It's the neutral ground. I remember the first time I swore. And I was probably about six or seven, so like I Like you personally yeah, swore, swore for the first time at yeah. your but I didn't know anything any different. The reason I swore is I was at a football game, soccer game, yeah. and every other chant has swear words in it. And uh-huh. I was just joining in with the rest of the crowd and just going with it. And I'm singing and cheering. I went with my uncle, my mum's younger brother, who thought it was hilarious and said, when you get home, <laughs> carry on singing. I went home and carried on the chant about this certain player and what he'd done with it, with it on the night out. And <laughs> got home and started saying all these words that I didn't even know existed. And... Did you get? Did, wait, and you didn't get they hit knew. at that point? No, because they my my dad saw it as a funny thing, and my mom was like, "Where did you learn that?" And I was like, "Obviously, I was at the football game." And that's how James got Sonic and Tails taken away from him. Yeah, that's ah. how. No, well, for me, I was two when I first swore. What'd you uh, say? I dropped the f bomb. Nice. Wow, I, I, really... I didn't know much. Like I, I was, we moved here from up north, so we're living with relatives, and they had 
their son was a lot older, probably like 15, and I was like three years old, two to three years old. Mm-hmm. And he's dropping F-bombs, and I go in front of my parents and just drop it. And the difference between you and me is my parents gave me a good smack and told me to never say it again. I got lucky. I had an older brother quite a few years older than me, and I got desensitized to a lot of that stuff at a pretty early age. So I swore in front of my parents, and they would say not to say it. The big thing was I knew not to say it in public. I knew based on how they reacted that I was desensitized. I could say it in front of them, Mm -hmm. but not in public. And I knew there was that fine line. I'm going to talk about you have a significant other, a wife or a fiance as you, as you have yes, a fiance have. now. Okay. Let's My say sister. She, yeah. yeah. So let's say she comes Thank back. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's say she comes back from work, you know, and they had a tough day and she's saying some stuff because I know I've, I've heard this from other people and, and clearly they're pretending like they didn't do anything wrong, but you know they it's did. It's all true. It's all true. Yeah. So is that, is that the way you approach it? Everything they say is, is, is true. And you don't want to dispute it. You're just like, yes, honey. Yes, that's it. Um, so essentially trying to avoid a fight. Yeah. Do you, is, that being, is that being polite when they might have done something wrong and you just, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Even though that you think they might have done something wrong. There. Sometimes you just got to judge the mood. So depending on what it's about, and I can probably tell you in the first five seconds on meeting my fiance, mm-hmm. how, what mood she's in, okay. how she even comes through the door is how I can actually approach her. The way you hear the door close. Yeah. That, the way she's, when she takes her shoes, and she, even when she says hello, just that one word, I can tell you, she, okay, she's had a good day, bad day. It's going to be... I'm going to have to just listen yeah. to it, and you're right? Yeah. Is it one of those things? The big thing I do is I let her go on the rant, say what she has to say, and then I just ask her a question about the other side. I go, okay, well, now think about it from the other side. What you did or said. You cross-examine her? Yeah, I go, what's the other person's perspective on that? I like Think that. about it for a second. Flipping the switch on old yeah. sassy pants. I don't do that at all. You just want no, to avoid I, anything? Because yeah. I don't say you're wrong. I just said think about the other side for a minute. Not that you're wrong or right. Because I think there's a very – it's not always right or wrong. It's perspective. So I just said – I'll just say, think about it from the other side for a second. So wait, that actually poses a very nice second question. Is it better, is it more polite to nod your head like indulge and them? just be a lemming yeah. and just, you know, indulge? Or is it better to present them with a calm, rational argument? I think it. That's you, I think you kind of get a feel, like like James says, he knows in the first five seconds what they want, what's going to make them feel better. Yeah, but like... Th- all those little white lies, don't they add up to... Because that's technically what it is. It's like being withholding or or not being entirely truthful. And it brings that argument of they never listen. Yeah. Because you're just agreeing with them. It almost comes off as a, yeah, 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 I understand. I know. How could they do it? And you're just letting it brush off, right? No, no I, will, I will grant James a hall pass here. My sister can be vicious. There are days she will come home. James disagrees, I'm assuming, while this is being recorded. I mean, I think she's a female T-Rex, but... <laughs> James, what do you com- think? It's a fair comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. If you I- don't move, she can't see you. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk now about the extended family. We talked about the close family. Okay. Say your grandparents. Matt, I think you have experience in this. Yeah. They come. They ask you for, for a favor. Come by. I need you to help do some, some work around the place. 
but you have some plans already made up, but you know they probably can't do it themselves. So what do you do? Do you cancel your other plans? Do you... What's it, the situation there? It depends what it is. I try to find a workaround for them just because the situation with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. I mean, my grandfather can't really walk anymore. Grandmother doesn't drive. Yeah. They barely speak English. So I kind of bridge the gap for them and help them get through their to their day-to-day. So if they got to go grocery shopping, I usually will find a way to make it work now, if I have to show up late to my other plans. Now, how do you go about... Like, I, I have older grandparents, and, you know, whenever I go to Europe, I have to go in and see them. Even if I don't want to, I, I do it because I... Like, you have to dust them off. I can't dust them. I have to go <laughs> see them. I, they live in a, a, in a kind of almost remote town. So if I'm... I see them once every five years, three to five years. So they'd get upset if I was in the country and I didn't go and visit them. But let's say you just couldn't make it and you had to... How would you avoid them? Like, is it, is it polite to avoid them, or do you just have to make every effort you can? We literally go through this every time we go to Europe. Like, we we have to visit the family that's there. So, like, not even just grandparents. We're talking, like, if you're in the same country or city as relatives, you, if you don't visit them, they will take offense. This is going to sound really morbid, but, I mean, they're going to die soon, so you kind of got to make it your goal to go see them because they, they have don't less have, time they exactly have less time right them. as morbid as that sounds it's the harsh reality or you just drop a fuck no and don't care which also works if just because i'm so distant from my grandparents i can't do that yeah. like i have cousins that live close by and one of my cousins is going to school in that same town and there's times where i hear you know my grandfather talking to my mother saying he was by and he didn't he didn't even swing by to say anything or or just came by quickly ate and left you know yeah. i feel like she's that lady on the block who like lifts the blinds as you walk by and like they all her are eyes they all you. are over there once you hit like retirement age over there you're you're the neighborhood watch squinting is like the binocular of a vision for the elderly so i have a story i went back to the uk for 2 days 2 last, days last christmas i went back for a funeral My best friend's grandmother that I've known for years, been brought up with, and I went back to the UK. I was back in the UK for 36 hours. Literally, I landed, went back. Not even a full two days. No, landed in London, bussed from London to Nottingham, got there for the the like the the night beforehand where we did the mass, and then obviously the next morning we went to the church, Mm -hmm. um, and then I literally at the end of the. We did, went to the wake. I got back on another bus back to London and came back to Canada. I got emails and texts and phone calls from my family asking, oh, we, we know you're in Nottingham. Why didn't you come and see us? Because I didn't go back to see anybody in my family. I literally saw my parents for all of an evening, but I was that tired. I literally came in, saw them, had dinner, went to sleep, got up, went to the funeral got back on another bus and went back to London and flew back to Canada. So I think the unwritten rule in your scenario would be book a little longer trip. Absolutely. Or don't let anybody know you're coming. Yeah. That's No, I agree completely. I mean, so that's very nice of you, by the way, yeah. to go to a friend's grandparents' funeral, like to fly all that way. It was actually uh, my great aunt and I didn't go back. Okay, so um, we'll finish right there. <laughs> so your in-laws. So soon you'll have in-laws. And what if they come by unannounced? What do you... 
And you don't, and you got plants. You got or, go or, or secretly move into their basement. Ooh, is that that's a secret trick. It's kind of a plan I got on the back burner if things go south with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they come by. You clearly don't have time for them. You're not prepared. You, it's unannounced. Yeah. And your house is a mess. They decide I'm still going to come by. What do you do? Do you let them in? Do you tell them you're you're actually on the way to something important? Even if you're not. What about if they have a key? Like, and they let themselves in. Like my grandfather. Like his grandfather. Well, I think the unwritten rule is don't give your in-laws a key. Yeah, but you have to, right? You, you don't have to. No, no see, somebody's got a key in my hand. Hold on. I don't give it to Somebody's got to be your spare key holder. That's like, that is an unwritten rule of all. No, you have a moment. mat on your front doorstep for a reason. Okay, so let's say you accidentally leave an iron on or you do any of the number of things that may require somebody to get to your home. Are you traveling? Okay, so you tell them where your hidden key is, and then when they move, you put it to your other spot. You have one spot for when you're on vacation. You put that key there. You know what? I'm just going to leave this one on this. Next week, ask everyone you know if somebody else has a key to their home. And I guarantee you're going to come back with an overwhelming response of yes. So, Luke, you're telling me the only people that have a key to this house are the people that live in it? Yes. I'm the same way with mine. Wow. But... But there's a big but here. I have the garage door code and a code that lets you into my house. And a couple people have that. Yeah. Well, so that's the we same away, scenario but we'll with cha- us. But we'll change it when we get back unless it's close family. Your drug dealers? Yeah. Matt, Matt's told me his like, garage key way too many times. And I don't remember just because he's so loose with it that I don't even care. Oh, dude, I know he'll tell me I whenever. tell everybody it. It's hilarious. I'm just like, dude, let yourself in. This is a code. Come on in. Yeah. We've, we've had that. With, uh, with some family, extended yeah. family, where okay. the politeness got to the point where they were like, let's just go beyond you even letting me know you're coming over. Here's the key to the garage. You just come in whenever. Yeah. And is it, like, welcomed by you guys? I, mean, I used to literally go over to their house every day after work, have a coffee, take a no, shit. So they're close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, not blood relatives. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, people... Because typically... I guess it's a stereotype where people don't like their in-laws. You look at the, like Deborah from Everybody Loves Raymond. She doesn't seem happy with her in-laws. Yeah. And, you know, I know some people that aren't happy with theirs as well. So I'm talking someone who you don't care for showing up unannounced. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I, I think it doesn't matter whether, like, you like them or not. There's nothing worse than somebody just intruding in on your life, but right? Do you have to just be polite to just maybe be polite and try to get them out as quickly as possible? Or do you kind of just, like... Pretend you're not home. No, I do the I do the. Hey, man, maybe just fucking let me know you're going to come over. Yeah, be blunt with them. Yeah, well, I think there's a you can be blunt. I think it's a okay to say, hey, man, give me the heads up, please, because I have somewhere to go. You're not being impolite because the move they pulled first, I think, is worse than that. Absolutely. Here's an unwritten rule for coming over to somebody's house unannounced: treat it like the way you would treat if somebody was in a bathroom. You don't just barge in and see them taking a shit. You let mm-hmm. them know you're coming into the bathroom. See, it's weird for me because my house has always been like a revolving door. People just coming in and going all the time. And I have a close family and a couple of the relatives live up the street. So a lot of time they kind of just barge in. They'll be like, I'm in the area. I'm coming in. Like, and they just come in. And we're always like, okay, cool. Well, we're here. Just walk in. To each his own. 
Yeah. It, it, so but they even walk in even if you're in the house? Yeah, like they have a code to the door. They're always even coming by. Even if they know you're in the house, they don't knock on the door? No, they, they just, just come in. But we're very laid back like that. Where, I always knock. I was told I have well, to knock. Yeah, I, I was always <laughs> told if even if someone's in the house, if you have a key and there's no one in, that's fair enough. But if someone's in the house, then not go through the front door instead of go through the garage. See, garage, garage. For <laughs> us, that makes sense. For us, it's such a normality of them being around and coming over that it got to be a nuisance of them knocking and having to get up and open the door for them. It got to the point where I just said, just come in. Don't well, make me get up. I have uh, neighbors that they started the whole, just uh, just come by, walk in if the door's open. And then I, I couldn't do it. It was just, it was too foreign to me. So I would knock and then open the door. And I remember the one time I did it, it was like, I glad I did because I think there's a fight going on in the house. And then my friend's father's like, see, smart kid. He knocked before he walked in. So he's, he's thankful for that. So mm-hmm. maybe give people a heads up. But when you're at a family gathering, that's what I'll talk about. You're at a family gathering and the people, you know, everyone's getting together and they all decide, I'm going to talk about you right now. And they all decide to pick apart your life choices. Do you just nod and just smile? Yes, yes, I agree. Your, fam- your family celebrates Festivus, the airing of grievances. It happens. <laughs> Festivus has been around before it was even named Festivus. That's, just... that's the spirit of every family get-together. <laughs> so, like, what? Your parent, like, your family just, like, picks on somebody in the family and just... No, they, they, I think they go around with people who have something that they can pick on, right? Oh, like, like, like when you're that guy at the table who still doesn't have a girlfriend well into your 30s. Yeah, or is, you know, not married yet. Okay. Something like that. So what do you do? Do you just sit there and take it or do you... Oh, I just, I, I retaliate back with whatever's fucked up about them. Like, so you go on defensive hey, and how's you just your, pick how, on that. How's your first divorced wife? Ooh, that's, that's, See, that's a deep one. Now the question is, is that impolite? No, I think you got to cut deeper than they cut. Because if they're going to start it, dog you got to finish it. Dog eat dog. I, I think it's almost rude if you just come back with a little quip because then you don't end it. No, you cut to the bone. I have a very different approach. When Ed, I have family that will sit there and be like, oh, why aren't you in school yet? Or why aren't you doing this or that? And my simple rebuttal to them is, why do you care what I'm doing with my life? How is my decisions affecting you in any way? We see each other every couple months it really has no bearing. So why why is this affecting you? Why bring it up? That's a fair point. I think. Uh, and then they just go, "Oh, because your family." I'm like, "Yeah, and your family." And I really don't ask or care what you do. It's very dickish in a way. It's very Stone Cold Steve Austin. But it's just asking why. Like, give me a good enough reason. Matt's yeah. like a Matt's like one beer away from just giving everyone in the room stunners. Dropping a boot to their gut and just hey man, it's the bottom line. Stomping a mud hole in them. Well, there is booze involved in these family gatherings. Can can you use that as an excuse to air your grievances even further? Right, like you pretend like you drank more than you did, but you're like, you know what? I'm or, sick of this. Or you drink just to get to the point where you start doing it, and you'll have the excuse the next day. Because you're not rude, right? They're offering the booze. Yeah, and you just for some reason, you know, maybe you didn't eat so much before you got there, and it just hits you the wrong way. They can understand that. I, I've never had it where I've done that. I've seen it at family functions. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the specifics in case any of my family are listening. But so I've you seen know it. who you are. I've you know seen who you it are. where As he smiles and winks at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it where uh, some people have said things that 
You know, I think I think a good rule is if you're at some sort of an event that celebrates something, whether it's you know a marriage, a baptism, a bar mitzvah, if the if the event you're at isn't specifically about you, and even if it is, you probably shouldn't. But we'll just say for argument's sake, if the event isn't in any way about you, if you didn't put it on, don't make it about you. Hundred percent. Mind your p's and q's. That's it. Just that's the polite thing to do. Yeah, blend in with the crowd. Okay. Now enough with the family. Let's talk about our friends here. <sighs> what about yeah, you have look. a you have a good friend? Let's we kind of started a little business venture. But what if your your best friend asks you, "Let's go into business together"? Fuck you. Because there's a thing, right? They say don't mix friends with business. No, I know. And we 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 completely ignored that and did that. And there's been days I've wanted to stab each of you. It, it goes through my, my head more than I thought it would before we started this. When the voices in my head calm down enough so that I can think, it's the first thing I think about. This is really awkward that I'm, we I'm consider getting a little each other friends. I mean, acquaintances, friends, whatever. Yeah. The same thing. I mean, this guy's going to be like part of my family, but. So, oh, yeah. Also, he's going to move to the first category there. Yeah. But now you're just friends. Yeah, I guess you could say that. So let's say James asks you, Frank, I got a great idea for a business. Do you get in on it with him? I, I think that you're. I think the polite thing to do is listen. You should at least entertain. Way up. But I think that ends when you enter into things like multi-market, like those multi-multi-market marketing schemes mm-hmm. and or multi-level marketing schemes. That's oh, what I was like the hexagon at. scheme. I'm just saying any of the, them. The uh, upside down triangle? If somebody pitches you shit that you know is 100% not on the level, I think you're obligated, especially if they're close friends or family, to tell them, like, hey, I know you want to be, you want me in on this thing with you. I think it's a scam. Yeah. My My answer is no, and I think you should get out now before they take your soul. So I agree with that to an extent I think if you're asking someone such a close friend to come in if there's no interest by both parties Mm -hmm. then I would automatically the alarm in my head would be there must be another reason why you're asking me if I'm your closest friend it could be something could be money related it Mm -hmm. could be something that I'm looking at from an outsider that okay I trust this person am I going to take more responsibility than that person so I guess when it comes to business, my thought is you can't treat it like you're working with a friend. You have to look at it clear-cut business. Does it make sense as a business? Yeah. There has to be a fine line of knowing if you're coming up and saying something related to the business, it's not a personal attack on you, and it's no slight of you as a person, as a friend. It's just business-related. And it's knowing how to separate that business from the friendship. I was going to pose a scenario. <clears throat> I was going to pose a scenario where we hypothetically, are in a business venture mm-hmm. and you have to fire somebody. Ah. How do you how do you fire a friend? How do you do it politely? You have to set the groundwork early, I think. You mm-hmm. have to make sure you know, guys, we can't let anything in this business affect anything personally because things are going to happen. you got to prepare for the worst. But it's easier said than done. That's the only trick, right? But... To his point, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. Open lines of communication. Set up the groundwork. Let them know this is the way it's going to be. Don't take offense to it. And if you do, don't get in. Don't get involved. 
And then the reason why you're probably letting them go is because they're not doing their end, which you've agreed on earlier. So you can't get mad as as the person being fired. You know what? Uh, that that was all well and good. After the uh, show, me and you need to have a quick little chat. James, you could talk. You don't, you don't need to raise your hand. Sorry. I was being polite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt. That's polite in Canada saying fuck you. Yeah, okay. Um, just to go on um, firing, sacking a friend. Um, I worked for a business probably about 18 months ago that actually sent out a questionnaire saying, would you would you offer a position within the business to a friend? And it came back as half the team, three quarters of the team said no. And when they were asked why they would not refer a friend to the business, is that fear factor. People don't want someone to either overtake them within the business or then because there was a lot of seniority, you mm-hmm. then have to become their boss. So then do you end up managing someone out? Do you end up saying covering for them when yeah, they yeah. call in sick? Or... And you know last night you saw them drinking on your Instagram feed. Yeah. It, it does get messy. Or it can get messy, I should say. What if, what if a friend, you know, wants to do something that you don't? Let's just say a friend comes at you and is like, yo, we should totally do this panic room. It's the best thing in the world, but you don't really want to do it. Just don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with just saying no nicely. Matt, are you big into panic rooms? I no, not really. What are, what? You're asking me a bunch of times if I wanted to go. Oh, I think you, you're talking about escape rooms. Escape rooms. That's escape what it is. Yeah, like, what was, the fuck? Yeah, like panic, panic room. room. You want to install panic rooms in people's homes? I was. It was getting, a good movie. I, I thought there. I thought that's what these escape rooms were based off of. I was just looking for the red button. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was gonna ask, what are you talking about by panic room? So let's say Matt had asked us if we wanted to go to an escape room and we didn't want to. What's the polite way of telling Matt? Is it through podcast and is, while everyone is listening? I, I, I have a better scenario. What, what's what's the polite way to tell somebody that the thing they're saying makes absolutely zero fucking sense? But you already did bluntly. I guess bluntly is the best way. So you learn from your mistakes. So the the answer is to the the question you asked is I would just tell them I, you're I not into I'm not into escape it. rooms. It's not even not about escape rooms. It's just like I would I would take a more pra- pragmatic approach. I would be like. Did you do your research? Show me a business model. Show me a business plan. If somebody's For asking like you to, going to do something? Oh, I thought you meant like to start up the business. No, I'm talking. No, just saying no to a friend if he's approaching it with plans. I think. Oh. But, but we're, not, we're, we're not making up. Uh, Sorry, we were, we were, we were, we, we, I guess I didn't catch the segue from, from business to pleasure. Guys, we're not smart enough to do an escape room. You got to be clever. We're not that. Yeah, yeah. we can't even navigate this. How are we going to get yeah. out of a fucking escape room? I think it's a lot easier now with technology and texting because mm-hmm. we don't talk to people as much now. So instead of making the phone call and going, oh, I really can't go tonight, but sending that quick WhatsApp to say, I can't tonight, I'm busy. But what if they keep hammering at you? That's the good thing about, I guess, the texting is you can think about it. He keeps hammering. (laughs) Matt doesn't. I'm just using it as an example if I were not to care for escape rooms, which I totally do, Matt. We should totally do it. Um, But (laughs) it's like you have more time with texting. You could think about uh, a way to word it. Because sometimes when you just come right out and say something, you might word it in a way that might offend them. Yep. Perfect example. Went on a date a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Had a really good time. Thought the person was wonderful. And... We ended up texting okay. and asked her if she wanted to do something on another day. 
and like a 24 hour period went by without a response. <laughs> so you so, know there's something cooking. So there. immediately I was like, you know, I had a, I had a vibe that things weren't going to go great. Text comes through. It's a really long one, and it's got a whole bunch of ah. Uh, you get the long text. You know what it was though? It was like. It was like the most carefully worded text I've ever read. She wrote it in notes first. Do you think she, 100%. She's put, she spent less time on like actual essays for school? I honestly text? think I think I think it was a genuine text, but it felt like it went through a proofread. Yeah. Do you feel it, like a few you, times? There's a few alterations to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, it, got it. Is that the polite thing to do though? Wait 24 hours after you've you know, kind of put yourself out there just so she can fine-tune. Well, it wasn't even that. It was, like, asking her if she wanted to do something. And I ended up getting this response 24 hours later, the, the hey, look, you know, I just, you know, I am not feeling it 100%. I, I don't want to lead you on. <laughs> I like that. I'm not feeling it 100%. It could be 99 or it could be 1. Like, what just, is that? I'm not feeling it 100%. Give me the percentage. You should just, I think if it's anything over 60. I think you got to give it another I think you got to give it another day because yeah. that might jump. I, I think... If they were to give you the actual percentage, it would hurt more. Let's throw that out there. Maybe unwritten rule of uh, of second dates. You feeling it over sixty percent? Go for the date. Go for the second one. Depends what the date is. That would be the polite thing to do. <laughs> you know what? I think being blunt instead of waiting twenty four hours, being like, "Look, you're a nice person, but I don't think it's going to work." Just say straight to the point. Also, just say like, like, I'll, I'll, like if it's if it's the physical thing, like I'll, I'll never fuck you. Yeah, I, I can take that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it doesn't it doesn't connect. Sometimes you two just. Don't but maybe connect. it's not polite. Maybe it's not polite to say that. I still think waiting twenty four hours and responding is less polite. Uh, just to hit on, a, I won't fuck you. <laughs> just anyway. to hit on a couple points about the Frank's thing. If she wasn't feeling it, did you sit back and say I wasn't feeling it either or all that much, and I wanted to have a second date to see? Like, did you say anything like that? Like, hey, I'm in the same boat as you, but that's why I want to have the second date to get a better idea. No, it was right. like it was. It was great point. It was laid out in the in the remainder of the text that there would in the sixth proofread. She got it. Got the message in, down in the sixth tight. chapter of this text <laughs> message. There was uh, a clear, definitive article that said there will be no second date. Ah, no. Okay. She, it it wasn't like a bad situation. I'm just mm. saying, like the the idea that now we break up with people or end things through like a very in, unpersonal medium is yeah. that is that polite like wouldn't a phone call be better wouldn't before um, before that was the way when texting was relatively new that was a thing like you can still call people now it's almost almost rude to call someone especially unannounced like, it depends on the severity or like how important the relationship is i also think just saying no or being straight up honest it's a okay. Yeah, There's I appreciate. I appreciated yeah. the honesty. If you're listening, I appreciated the. Yeah, honesty. you don't need to beat around the bush. Just give it to me how it is. Question: How many of you call someone directly, or do you first message? Is it cool if we talk? Can I call you right now? Great question. Because I'm the type of person usually I'll be like, "You free? Can we talk?" And then I'll call you. I won't call you out of the blue. The, I hate it when I call someone and they say, "Text me." Some I hate when people text me and say, "Can I call you?" Well, I think I'm going to do that every time. I think it should just be, like, call. One or the other. Like, if I call someone and they don't answer the phone and say, I can't, just text me. Well, like I'm why, notori- why can't you answer? I'm notorious for not answering phone calls or texts. And it's yeah, because... Yeah, no data, Frank says. Well, no, it's because if, if I'm not answering, it's because I'm doing something else. Yeah. 
Like you have your phone on you, likely, so you would reply if you could. You want to talk about politeness? This is this is what's being polite and what's being impolite. All right, being polite is recognizing that you can't have somebody every moment of the fucking day, and that's something that has changed with social media being in our lives. It's never-ending conversations. It's never-ending being able to reach somebody. It's not just social media. It's society in general. In a whole, I mean, look at how we shop now. Amazon, you want something, you can get it online right now at the snap of your finger. You but want news, I'm it's saying, at the snap of I'm your finger. I'm saying like that. Like this is more about dealing with politeness, not instant no. gratification of like goods and services. But it's I'm more, just saying it's all encompassing. Like, okay, why why did some things carry over past the cell phone generation? Like, you don't answer phone calls in in a theater. No, no. Because why? Because you'd be disturbing everyone around you. You don't answer phone calls in general, most people nowadays. So why do we even have it? People use their phones for basically texting and watching YouTube videos. Selfies, like, bro. It's a selfie machine. Selfies, yeah. I'm Look, I call only when I'm driving. I don't even do that. I don't answer the phone when I'm I driving. Because I have the Bluetooth. But I have the Bluetooth. So the only time I call people is when I can't text because I'm driving. Otherwise, it's a text message. Unless it's something really important, then I say, just give me the call. Don't text right. it to me. Call me. I think there's a whole section of rules for using your cell phone in general, which I think we sh- we're going to hit one day. But mm-hmm. what about your significant other? And they ask you, "Let's meet. Well, I want you to meet my parents. And you're, you're, you're not ready for it. How do you approach that? Because you know it's going to offend her if, she, if you know, he or she decides they don't want you know, it's, it, you're so important that you want you should meet my family, and you think I'm not there yet. All right. First question I have for you is, how much are you feeling it? I'm saying you're not there yet. I'm, I'm saying in terms of the relationship, how how much are you feeling it? You like this? Your so significant you're 100 percent in on this girl. You're 90, 80, 90. So you're high percentiles. Because you, if you're if you're at 100, you're probably got a ring. At least you're looking at possibly getting a ring. You know, if you're 100 yeah. percent like. Knowing that your future is with this person, you're thinking about that. 100, 100. Dude, I've been with Sabrina eight years. That's 100% as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right? Okay, well, yeah, you're at a certain age, I guess, where... Well, we'll say the percentage of, like... We'll say the percentage to 100 of... Like, I'm 100% sure I want to date this person. Okay. Okay, so... Are, are you, you 100, 100%, you're 100% in on wanting to date the person? Yeah. I think you have to eat the bullet. Just for dating? Yeah. I mean, if you're, like, a couple... If you're, like... I think if you're anything over a month or two into dating... And somebody's like, hey, I just, you know, like, I'm, come over for coffee with my parents. Meet but, them. But let's say you just, you don't want to meet them. What's the best way to go about it? No, what's your excuse? So you're saying there's no excuse. If, if they're into it and you're into it, you just got to go for it? There's I'm, always I'm, an excuse. I'm, no, but, okay, but you're, you're, you're saying that in a way that's like you can come up with something. But I'm saying, re- realistically speaking, what is the excuse there? So... What's it's not valid? polite to ever knock that if you're both interested in pursuing this relationship longer. I think if you look at the person and you're like, I want to be with you for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. whether that's you know a year or the rest of my life, if that person proposes meeting their parents to you, I think you have to go. That's fair. That's fair. And I'd rather do that than a social gathering. I'd rather meet them for a coffee than meet them at Thanksgiving dinner. With, with the whole family. With everyone else. Yeah. Kudos to that. I agree completely. Yeah, enough now with the close people that are in within close proximity of you. What about the strangers? Like, James, this is how this whole idea about being polite came up. James 
enthusiastically messaged me like this just happened to me you were at a bank and yes so I was, some teller so i was at a bank probably two weeks ago okay you don't have money this is very true none that's of us have I, money that's why i date your sister oh. <laughs> that's why i've not got any touche <laughs> some restraint so he's at the bank continue so i walk to the bank as i'm walking into the bank uh, it's two doors so obviously there is a second door to go into the bank which they close in the, at night so you can still use the cash machines yes so i get through the first door and i get to the second one and an elderly couple are walking towards the door mm-hmm. so i open the door and let them in like i'm at a hotel like i'm Everyone walks in. Like you should be expecting a tip even how great the service has been. Exactly. Then another couple walks in. By the end of this, I've been stood there for 15 seconds and let six people into the bank. Okay. So now, this was at lunchtime as well. So you can imagine now I could have been six people in front of. Are you on like a break too from work? Yes. So your time's limited now. Yes. And these elderly people are probably retired. Yes. So (laughs) I let them in and they all walk to the front and they start lining up. The bank only had two tellers on at the time. So I'm thinking, okay, I've, got, I've now let in two, three lots of couples, mm-hmm. six elderly people. At least people, three transactions, at least. Three transactions, and I'm now stuck behind all of them, two tellers. I'm starting to think, okay, then it's going to go a bit quicker. I then notice one of the tellers is on her phone. Wow. So there's, there's a lot here. Oh. Well, okay, let's unpack it. Let's go from the beginning with holding the door. First off, you made a a classic door-holding mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to hear this. There's rules to the door-holding. You held from the outside. Mm. Ooh. Okay. If you hold from the inside with the extended arm, they know it's a strain, the oncoming people. So somebody takes it from you, alleviating your burden. This is true. And you could have just gone in. But you did the gentlemanly or the, what would you call it? The, the, the bellhop door hold. He, he gave the five-star service. You did. You held from the outside. You're an outside holder. You, you, you freed them from touching the door in the slightest. Yeah, and they walked straight in. It's a big mistake. And they didn't let you go in front. Not one person said, you held the door for me. Yeah. You'd be... Which has happened. I, I, I've been in situations where the kind Canadians as we are, have, I've opened the door from, like let's say out of Tim Hortons, I'll let them go in, and they're right in the line. They're like, no, no, you go ahead of me. You were in front of me. So in your scenario, they didn't. How many of those people do you think thanked me? I'd assume at least a nod. A nod and like a smile. So how many of the six? I'd guess four. Because there's always that. You always experience one out of like a certain amount of people that won't. So I'm going to say four out of the six. I want to believe all thanked you because I think yeah. it's an unwritten rule that if someone holds the door open for you, you thank them. 100%. And you get the next door for them. Okay. If there is a second door. If there's a second door. The answer is one. And it was the the first person I held the door for. And I believe the only reason he, no one else thanked me is because they heard him thank me. So they... It more became you got more your like, one thanks, you're good. It became wow. more of a domino effect. So when I... <laughs> he said thank you and I'm like letting it... They piggybacked off his thank you. Yeah. Did they, they, they nod at least? Like, not even I, a nod. I, see, I'm going to go with something else. I think if they didn't nod or say anything, 
They must have thought he worked for the bank and was holding the door for people. Nope. They've lived here long enough. At, yeah. at that age, they understand that people don't just open the door for you as a job I, anymore. How do you know it's not well, what happens at Walmart? People greet you at the door. They greeters. greet you, but there's no one opening doors for you. This isn't like the 1920s. Hosts. Maybe maybe the banks are trying to stimulate commerce. and they're, Yeah, that, that's what these old people hostess are thinking. Is very different. Anybody has the money to do it. Hostess is very different because they actually bring you to your table, and they do, they get told which tables to bring you to, right? So it's a little different. I'm just saying this whole scenario could have been avoided if you just held the door from the inside. What about the girl on the phone? That, that's a solid. That's inexcusable. So at your job, where you're supposed to be serving customers, she was on her phone. Yeah. And what, was there no one in front of her? Like, she wasn't waiting for someone in the back to bring her, like, No, no, there's American two tellers. I think, I think what one of the, uh, somebody was doing a transaction, or they were filling out some information on the desk. So what they were doing was, is she was just, you could see that she was like crouched down and she was doing something with her right hand. And mm-hmm. then obviously we, I knew that she was on her phone. I don't think other people, the elderly from yes. the state knew what she was doing. And I just thought it was like, probably she couldn't speed up the, the what she was doing with that person, but. Is anybody else noticing this story has some pretty big holes? Yeah. Like, no physical, actual seeing of the cell phone being... He's like, I saw her go under the desk for something. You're being uh, awfully critical of Canadians for these you, speculative... Yeah, like like OJ. No one saw him kill anyone, so he's he's innocent. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm with James on this. Let's, let's throw this in a court of law. You know what that's called? Circumstantial evidence. Speculative. It's not... Like, you didn't see her use her cell phone. For all you know, she was trying to fix something under the desk or a computer Yeah, or but right now, the, right now, the distracted driving laws, if you're on your phone while driving, they don't actually see the phone in your hand because a lot of people have it down, but you, they'd see the classic symptoms, like James said, looking down and, like, yeah. with and, a really and, weird posture. Innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, tell the cops that if you get a ticket. No, but if they, they can... There's ways to check. They can ask to see your cell phone and see when your last text was sent. If it was sent, like, 30 seconds ago, they know that it was while you were driving. What if you just had your cell phone light? Because I know a friend who's a cop and they see that cell phone light, they assume you're on your phone. But what if your phone just... You got a message and it lit your face up? Well... They can't sh- prove anything there. But they still will book you for no, it. No, they, they can. Because receiving a text message is not the same as sending one. Anyways, I've heard as long as they see that light in your face, they know you're on the phone. This is the this is very much the the best in people versus the worst in people. Yeah. That's how we're seeing but this. In all honesty, I think the your need to be polite in James' situation. I'm gonna start with the people at the door. I'm going right to the front line and be like, I was here first. And I just stopped some from because they were not polite to you back. You did them a favor and one person out of six thanks you? Yeah, you should. I would have even pushed the old people to let them know you mean business. Break one of their hips and show the rest of them you mean business. Kick their cane out from underneath them. Give them a two foot slide. And then say, and then as you do that, go. It's please and thank you. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think as as having Canadian blood, we can actually do that. It just goes against everything. No, but I think an unwritten rule here is always thank the person who holds the door. Yes, always. Like it's just without thought. It should be yeah. second nature. Someone holds the door open. Thank you very much. Now, for the teller, let's say you're waiting and you see she's not, or he or she is on the phone and they're they're about to, they're texting. That's a 100 percent call out. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. If you actually think she's on her cell phone, walk up to the walk up to the cubicle and just go. Excuse me, what are you doing? I'm waiting here. Are you on lunch? Not even that. You just ask directly. Excuse me, what are you doing? What phone do you have? 
Not even that. She pulls it up and be like, oh, I have the iPhone. Not even that. (laughs) I'm telling you, if you ask people questions like, what are you doing in a scenario where they're not doing what they're supposed to, the response is nothing. And then, like, they they will say nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you can go, oh, good. You're doing nothing. Now you can help me. Yeah, a customer service man, you do not, especially at a bank or a teller like that, you do not want to be seen on the phone, especially if there is a line of people waiting to be served. Oh my God. If there's no one around and there's someone in, at the ATM machine, by all means, go take a selfie. Yeah. I don't care. Also, but not when you're supposed to help somebody. Also, hey, coworker, maybe step up to the plate. Call yeah. out your other, call out your coworker yeah. and just say, like, Straight, hey. straight to their face, though. You don't go behind their back to the manager, right? Because no, no, that's no. you got to be straight and up front with them. No, you just say, look, there's five people waiting to be served. This poor guy who held the door for everybody, you know, he got the shaft. Let's maybe bring him up to the front of the line like real Canadians would. Yeah. Can I say another thing? Uh, well, really? There's more to this. Oh, there's more. So you held not, back when you are telling me this not, story. Not just this, another, something else. Not that will branch onto this story. So then I leave the parking lot, the car park, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. Why people don't thank people when they wait for them in their car. So if I'm at a stop sign, and they're at a stop sign, and I wave them through, Mm -hmm. why don't they acknowledge me? So do you want like a full, like, look at you, thumbs up, and like a salute? Or do you just want like a, what do you want? want, I just want a gun. Just a thank you. Just like a, a nod, yeah. a slight nod, a little bit yeah. of a hand gesture. Yeah. Just to acknowledge me. I, I feel like... I agree. The, I agree with him completely, man. The blowing of a kiss. <sighs> I feel our culture, there's a lot of people who don't... Maybe they're not from this area. Cause I, maybe it's because of where my parents grew up. They kind of taught me, you know, car. You driving a car, you needed skill to drive a car. You couldn't even pass the test if it was automatic. You had to do manual. So... People take driving seriously. I don't know when I drove in Europe, they're like made some little things I did weren't like at this. If someone was potentially entering an intersection, I had to have my foot like hovering over that brake ready to go. Yeah. Mm. So that's I'm looking at like advanced level driving. And a lot of these people, maybe they didn't drive a lot from their homeland or something. And they don't understand the common courtesies of of what, you know, I guess North American driving. I know, but it's it's still it's the thing of. That's a pause in the actual driving mm-hmm. to receive a gesture and gesture back. I have a big theory about being on the road with people. You see people's true identity on the road. I like it comes out through their driving, how they act, if they let people in, if they don't let people come in, if they gesture or they don't. Well, then okay. I'm, like, I'm the nicest rageaholic in the world because I let everybody in. I always wave people through. I do I, the speed limit. But when people fuck around, I scream. I let people who are sure of what they're doing do what they do. Those people that are like debating coming in and all that mm-hmm. stuff, I'll I'll close that gap. If they don't take their opportunity, I'll let them. I'll give them their chance. I'll close that gap. So what I do is on emerging lane, yep. is I'll, if they're going to come in and I know they're going to get in front of me, I flash my lights. Mm-hmm. And if oh, they come in. You go all out. Yeah, if I flash my lights. If they don't come in, then I go straight on. That's a great little thing to do. Like, give them the, hey, you can come in. That's really smart. I, I think someone's done that to me, and I thought they are trying to get, like, I thought they are mad at me when they did that. Because yep. not many people so do So back that. in the UK, this is how bad it gets. Oh, yeah. If if you thank someone, so everyone's, I wouldn't say everyone's polite, but the roads are a lot narrower. 
So yep. there's a lot more cars parked. So mm-hmm. you have to pull in gaps to let people pass. If you pull in a gap to let someone pass, they put their hand up. Mm-hmm. I get pissed off when people don't thank my thank you wave. So if I go past... Also, if you were to if, if you were let in and you thanked the guy, you want yeah. them to what acknowledge the thank you? Thank me back. <laughs> the, the, it's, it's weird. The, the, the procedure is actually really weird how it works there. It's Let's say you're coming two cars head on. Mm-hmm. One person will yield into a gap between cars that are parked, like parallel parked. Yes. That person passes and thanks them. So the person that is still in motion, not the parked person, drives past the parked car, Mm -hmm. waves thank you. The person in the parked car acknowledges it. So it's not a thank you back. It's an acknowledgement. Yes, you were polite. Yeah, it's like a conversation. Thank you. you. But if one of those two (laughs) things doesn't happen... Shit kicks off. Oh, yeah. It's like a conversation. It's, it's for real. So now whenever I see like a video from Europe where there's two two people fighting on the side of a road, it could be something as as they didn't get the wave menial back. as a non waving back a thank you. Yeah. How do you can I ask you guys a question on a wave back or a thank you wave? When it looks insincere or insincere, I should say, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um do you does some part of you want to like just like <laughs> yeah, hit them? Yeah. Hit them, hate them, everything. Okay, I'm going to say I've done an insincere wave because a person bear- didn't really let me in and I had to force my way in and I gave like a, a, a sarcastic thank you. I'm saying. Because like, they're being a jerk at first. I'm saying under a normal scenario, like let's say a four-way stop, you wave somebody through, they give you like the most half-assed wave, like they could care if they you were on fire. They wouldn't piss on you to put you out if you were on fire. Mm-hmm. I call them. Does some part of you want to slam the gas and just like ram into their car? Yes, and I call them a cunt in the process. I love that word. I do too. Honestly, that doesn't bother me. It's more when someone just can't drive properly. That's that's what gets me. I have a question quickly about the road I wanted to get off. When you're coming to a light and there's traffic and traffic's backed up and it's almost into the middle of the intersection and you can go because you have the green, do you stop and do? not proceed or do you proceed and screw up everybody else like you're at a you know what i'm talking about you're at an intersection okay. it's backed up yes you can go in but you would be in the middle of the intersection almost. oh no and you cars don't would go. have to go no, you don't go in no that's you don't go because well, like can turn too and then you're blocking a whole lane of traffic and you wouldn't want that to happen to yourself see thank you this has been my thought process yeah. well, but yeah, everyone going. on the road t- tends to go in and just block the intersection and, and I was getting not, honked at yet today coming home from school because I wasn't going through when it was green and the guy's halfway through the intersection. If someone's being polite, you can't honk them. I think that's a rule. You can't honk someone who's being polite but not blocking traffic. I was I was looking at them like, what do you want me to do? I'm going to block the whole intersection and create more gridlock. But anyways, continue. I, I, I guess while we're talking about strangers, what about... Matt, you work in a retail store. I'm sure you've had this happen where someone's asked you for help in their car. Maybe an elderly person putting stuff in their in their vehicle. Let's or, say, yeah, let's all the time. Say, or a completely able-bodied person that just doesn't want to do it because they believe it's part of the service. Yeah, they, that happens. That, that's all a the better time. scenario. That happens all the time. They take advantage of you. They say, "Hey, can you carry this for me up to the front?" And I tell them, "You can get a shopping cart." That's what I say. So you do don't. You, you do actually say it like that. You say like, actually, the shopping carts are located in. No, I say you can get a shopping cart. So you just go. Yeah, and you think that's the polite thing to do? Yeah, because some of them try to take advantage of people. Like so, I've seen it. So you, I've seen it. You return the politeness that you're given. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good unwritten rule. Return the politeness that you've received. Match, match the person. Yeah, if they're or really exceed. nice, 
Match or exceed. But if you they, don't have to do anything but match it. So if they're being crummy to you, you can be crummy right back. It, yeah, the same if level. they're, especially working retail, if they come in and they're nice and they're genuine and they're cool, I'll, I'll go the extra mile. I'll help them mm-hmm. because, you know, they're, they seem like they're decent people. But you get people all the time mm-hmm. that are just lazy. Oh, can you go get me the shopping cart? Be like, I'll tell them, no, I'm busy. I actually can't leave this section. Can you massage my shoulders yeah. while I walk the aisles? <laughs> They've, I've had customers basically make me their personal shopper. Can you take me to this aisle to show me where this is? Take well, me to sometimes that. if you can't find something, one or two things. That's I different. I can't find this. Can you take me or show me where it is? Fine. But then after I show them, they're like, okay, well, how about this? Now this. Now that. It's like, lady... You or man, you can shop on your own. You can find it. You're a big adult. Mm-hmm. You don't need a personal shop. You shopper. found the store. You found the store. Yeah, half the <laughs> battle's done. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna come up with the 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 unwritten rule for this episode. Return the politeness that you're given. I think that's a, a solid one. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, it's like it's like the golden rule: treat people how you want to be treated. Match plus one. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that's our that's our episode this week. Thank you, James, for coming by. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. We are the Unwritten Rule. Catch us on Instagram at the Unwritten Rule Podcast, on Twitter at the UR Podcast, on our website www.ltdpotential.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and that's it. Really, really, just click. And leave us a review. That'd Subscribe. Be, that'd be the polite thing to do. I'm going to follow you now. Are you going to follow us? That's yeah. great. <laughs> I guess that's it. And remember, people, rules are made to be broken, but you can't break the unwritten ones.